Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Surprise, surprise, people. And literally surprise, even for me. Like, I, I felt <clears throat> I was emotional. I felt passionate about something enough. I, I didn't want to wait. This is when you work. And by the way, credit, unfiltered band. Welcome to a surprise episode five. The bonus app. Timing is everything is what I'm entitling this one. And there is the unfiltered band. Thank you very much. So I, I got passionate about something. And this is when you spend, what was it, like 12, 13 years, whatever it was for me, five days a week, like rarely taking days off, like, you know, four hours a day. Like when you're feeling something sports related, like texting a buddy ain't enough. Okay. So I do have, and for those who didn't see, I did reveal it, and I want to hear your ideas on what you would put on this list and other list ideas at Casey Stern on Twitter. But I already revealed on Twitter and YouTube earlier today, as we sit here today on Friday, that coming up on Monday in what will now be episode six of Unfiltered, the second list is coming, a one-hour countdown, and it is a beauty. It is, it is a beauty. At least on paper, the 10 that I chose and the countdown, my own head, the way it's going to play out and the thoughts I have, are a beauty. We're looking for the sports hills to die on. The top 10 sports hills to die on. So, example, and I use this in what I put on Twitter, may or may not be in there. but And I, and I like putting in, to me, I like talking about the hills that nobody else wants to even go on. Like, I'll die on a hill. Like, some people, like, they're running away from that hill like it's got cooties. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. It's not even a question to me. That's one. Right? So, like, the hills, that, like I talked about in the first episode, the wave sucks. All right? Non-sports die on a hill. Please, if you eat pineapple on a pizza, I don't want to hear about it. And don't tell me tomatoes are fruit. I don't even want to hear that as some way you loop in why you should have a pineapple on a pizza. Okay? Those are other, that's a, that's a different show. Other hills I die on. Okay? These are sports hills to die on. Some won't even go on. Prospects are cool. Parades are cool. But I got, I felt some passion about a story that stemmed off of the game that the Astros played actually just an hour or two after I taped in episode three, which I hope you will go back and listen to and watch if you haven't already with Dusty, who's fantastic. Kind of have to do that from his office at the stadium. But the Jose Siri thing, if you haven't seen it, right? And I don't want to talk about actual Siri because that's a whole other thing I got a problem with. I, every time I get a new phone, it happens often because I break mine all the time. I actually am the one guy, and I'll tell this story very quickly. But... You know, sometimes you do something so dumb, you tell someone else or, like, anyone else a story that isn't real. It's not a lie to you. It's like, the real reason why this happened is so dumb, I can't share it with you. But I'll share it with everyone. Because I don't mind being an idiot. I really don't care what anyone thinks. Literally. So I was in a parking lot. <laughs> I was in a parking lot. And I... <laughs> I put my phone on top of my car and then drove away <laughs> without the phone in the car. Now, I didn't make it very far. I only made it and, you know, you don't like zoom in reverse out of a parking lot. I really don't even remember where I was. I think it, it may have been Walgreens, actually. 
but I backed up and the phone, like I didn't run over it, but it, I, I realized, I think like halfway down the parking lot when I went back, the thing was, he was to quote someone who was in the Mitchell report, it was toast. The phone was toast. It was gone. The first thing I do, point being when I get a new phone, one of the first things I do is how do I turn Siri off? I can't stand it. I never use it, okay? But let's talk about Jose Siri. So those who didn't see what happened, after Dusty and I chatted, they played an actual game that mattered. Astros are up 7-2. to Jordan had already gone deep not once but twice. First two at-bats. And Siri, when I say he pimped a home run, like, okay, this, this was, look, egregious all depends on the timing. I've always said this about these, okay? Timing is everything. That's why I'm calling this episode that because that is really what it's about, all right? Like, it's not okay to skinny dip, like, in the middle of the afternoon in the community pool. But if you're out at the beach at 3 in the morning when you probably shouldn't be with the person you love and that's what you want to do, maybe that's your thing. If t- time and place. Let's do that. Time and score and place maybe is everything. Maybe I'll change the title by the time we get done here. You'll have to see. Egregious, when you talk about that for a level of a celebration, right, <clears throat> comes down to the timing and the score. And the place. Example. The one more than any I have always defended. A a hill I'd die on but wouldn't be in like my top 10, clearly, right? But one that I would die on because I I feel strongly about it have since. No offense to, you know, any fans of, was it the Texas Rangers that they were playing at the time? But when Jose Bautista hit the home run, that was sending... The Jays, right? To a place they hadn't been in their fans, to a feeling they haven't had in 20 years. Okay, not two weeks, in 20 years. And we're in the playoffs. No offense to, was it was it Sam Dyson? Was it Bush or Dyson? It was one of them, right? I, I, can't, I think it was Dyson, right? I don't, no offense to the pitcher. No offense to the players. No offense to anyone. In that moment, you're feeling so much emotion for what you've accomplished. You're not thinking. Like, you're in some, like, out-of-body experience. Now, I could speak to that, not with a bat flip, but with something that got me in trouble, which I, I don't, I've talked about, I've kind of, like, sort of talked about publicly, but I'll talk about this publicly now because this is unfiltered. I didn't plan to, but it just came up. This is why I don't script things. I probably should. Like, certain players should script their tweets, which we'll get back to in a second here. But that is exactly, literally exactly what happened to me when I cursed and dropped an F-bomb by accident on TV. (laughs) That is exact, that's, now, there's no excuse. And it's my fault. But that's what happened to me, right? Speaking of Dusty, who was right next to me when it happened, I should have blamed him. And I can't tell you how cool those guys were. I remember... I wandered in Manhattan, and this is true. Like, I have no problem sharing this. Like, I wandered in Manhattan. My agent could tell you, I think I, I maybe left him a message. But I wandered in Manhattan for, like, 90 minutes after we finally got back from the stadium. It was late. We're in New York. Finally, finally got back into Manhattan. And hours after the game was over, I walked by myself for an hour and a half. Not looking at my phone, not doing anything. Just, like so devastated that I had made that mistake, right? 
these guys couldn't have been cooler. I remember specifically, and I want to share some of what was said, but I, I remember in the elevator when we were in the hotel, all three of those guys talking to me, and it was it was it was one of the coolest like five minute spans I've ever had in my life because like who these people were and what they were trying to do for me at the time, right? <clears throat> and being shown respect by them, but I was at, at City Field. I almost said Shea. It would have been even probably would drop two F bombs by accident. I was in City Field. I I had already had you know look having any career in this business for me, and I really have wanted to do this since I'm five. I really did raise my hand in first grade and say I wanted to be Bob Murphy, and I don't think anybody knew who that even was. Voice of the Mets, late Voice of the Mets. So to be in baseball at all, I had already experienced some of these moments, and I got to cover the Mets up close and personal i guess for about four years including that 06 season and being in the celebrations for the division title and when they got to the world and all of that stuff right so uh well you know pre-iron heilman and yadier molina when they almost got to world series so i had experienced some of those like pinch me moments and i i I consider myself outside of when andy chavez made that catch and i was in the press area at the time i consider myself to have been pretty professional right as much as we can be. We all give up at bats to go back into the dusty thing. So time and place of a celebration. Dodo over here. We had just gotten done with the, it was at the end of the first, it was the first segment of a show like that's always the longest, but it was at the end of the first segment of a pregame show, game one against the Cubs. And I'm at the NLCS. I'm a Met fan growing up. I mean, I'm, impartial as I can be on you know, the air, but everybody knows who I am, right? I'm a Met fan in terms of like my, my love, right? I'm at City Field. I got Pedro Martinez and Dusty Baker and Gary Sheffield. What the hell am I doing here? And here I ended, it was my second year with Turner. And I'm like, look what I'm doing, right? I was, I mean, I was jacked up in terms of like excited. Like, I mean, I was walking on sunshine. Oh, like really? Okay, when we got done with that segment and it was crisp, it was really good until the only part of it anyone ever remembered when they went to commercial. I think it was Syndergaard they were showing, I believe, at the time. But I was so excited that I didn't wait for clear, which is what they say in your ear when you're done. Now, normally, they'll kind of turn you down anyway or you kind of know, but you're always... I was always extra careful in spots like that because you're outside and even the crew, I mean, it's very loud. All the fans are in and, you know, it's not like a ton of people that are pressed in watching you, but it's like a hundred people at least, right? The security is trying to keep you kind of, you know, as honest as they can be. I mean, in Cleveland, when we were there, it must've been like 300 and they were yelling at us consistently, which is a different story. But I was so excited and so like, proud to be in that moment at all that it literally i said boom mf which was like a like it was like a high five like it was like a, you know we nailed it kind of a thing right <laughs> i could spend and go off on another tangent on some of the tweets i got like they thought i was yelling at someone who was i mad at on the set i mean people are dumb okay first of all people we're we, we have a lot of dumb people in this country and everywhere all right but point being I got carried away, all right? That can't happen. But if you're Jose Bautista and you're sending a, a team to a place they haven't been in 20 years, you can do that. I don't care what you do. There's no, 
like with me, which is why I brought up, there's no thought process. Like you're not thinking. It's like an out-of-body experience. You cannot use that excuse when you're up 7-2 to in a game that, look, I understand these two teams can meet in the World Series. And they're, look, I mean, along with the Yankees and two and Dodgers and you know, one or two others, they're, they're firmly planted. And if you're talking power rankings, they're the top five teams in the game. Okay, I get that. Great. Right? And you beat up on them and had you now for the second day in a row. I shouldn't have talked to Dusty. But you, you're not losing yourself in that moment. Like, that's not, this isn't one of those moments, right? Like, it's never okay, the boom MF for thing. But, like, if I had done it in an eighth inning, uh, like, of some broadcast play-by-play, seven to two in, in June, but really a lot dumber, at least for me, right, internally. <laughs> Would have walked around Manhattan, like, for, like, as long as Moses was wandering the desert, Okay. So you, you can't do it in that spot. And I hate saying that because, and I was just talking to, speaking of other episodes, and this is not to, it's not to pimp out the other episodes, but when I was talking to Todd Frazier about TA, about Tim Anderson, I love Tim Anderson. Like the idea that we have to question, should the game be fun? Is this, it's a, the word game is in the question. Should the game be fun? What game should, shoots and ladders if you're playing it better be fun, except when you go all the way down, that sucks. Or sorry when you get the 11 and exchange places and got to go backwards. Nobody wants that. But it's got to be fun, right? We should never question that. We've lost that in sports. We are so, like, highfalutin and, and, like, bougie. It's beyond. I mean, get the hell over it, people. But, but there's an exception to everything. And I've learned this and doing this for 20 years. This is exactly what it's like covering sports. Because when I, and I will, I will... Not like this is going to be a surprise. Hi. In the list, I will, because I'll promote myself in some way. Of What else is new? But I'll, and Monday, you talk about prospects of cool parades or cooler just because it's been my thing. And I've really delved deeper into it than a lot of people probably understand. Because there are probably a lot of people who have heard that have no idea where it came out of. And it was not something I, like, crafted. This wasn't, like, at the end of the Masters, what am I going to say when they win? Like, no, this literally was in the middle of a conversation, a rant, in the middle of an afternoon doing a show. And it just turned into what it turned into. But when I explain that on Monday, you'll hear and go delve into it. One of the things you're going to hear me say that has always pissed me off about what people say about that. It's like it is it is not A to Z across the board, always the case. There are exceptions to every rule. It would be like I saying, hey, I think I think you should you should really just put yourself out there. It doesn't mean walk around the streets naked. Like, there, there's everything has like a gray area, shades of gray, right? Not 50, but you know what I'm saying, right? Well, when you're sitting there and you're celebrating to this level, which is kind of egregious, and this is not a Met thing, really, it's not. I mean, and whether Dusty was, and I could say this, the old goat or not, right? You're not going to have much of a percentage split on where Siri was with that because of the score and the lateness in the game, and what had happened two days in a row, and it's just, it's BS. I mean, it's ridiculous. It wasn't necessary, okay? This is not like a couple of other scenarios going to bring up in a second where it's like we're not really understanding, okay, yes, some cases, right? Like I mentioned, I think, in the first episode, Cordell Patterson, not to get on it, but I happen to remember when he was a wide receiver, I think he was at the time with the Vikings. They're up like 35, they're down 35 nothing, and he's high-stepping down the sideline. I wanted to smack the guy myself. Like, that's ridiculous, right? Forget about what his teammates must be thinking and delivering some kind of code red when he gets in the locker room. When you're up 7-2, if you had hit three home runs in the game already, 
and it was your fourth, and you were at home, like if Jordan Alvarez had hit that and kind of lost himself hitting a third or fourth home run in a game, let's say, or something crazy like that, or it's your 50th home run of the year, even if it's individual getting away from the game score, I'm okay with that. And I'm not, and I am not on the side of like old fogey, like, you know, some of these rules are ridiculous. I can't bunt because this is the score. Like some of that stuff is just dumb. But this was everybody kind of across the board, I think, probably felt the way Dusty felt. And it's one of those situations where even though Escobar and then you see Maldonado having cut, by the way, those are two of the best, better vets in the league. They get it, right? They both get it. They're probably apologies being shared on behalf of the teammates. Literally, I mean that. They, you know, a lot of times you don't hear that stuff shared because it's like, well, you don't, when somebody knocks down, like in a football game, if I try and tackle you and I, I, I bust you and you, you fall down, I'm not going to pick you up. Like, you're not my teammate. I, you know, hopefully you don't step on them, but you step over them, right? And that's it. And do your shimmy or whatever you do. They're not going to say it, but there's like apologies from their own team because they just know that's not, this isn't the way you play. Right, and that's cool. I'm to- and I'm totally fine with that. I get that. I do get that. But this is where we get so crossed up because we don't s- treat things the same way as a sport. And some people do individual things and make decisions that are just so dumb that I think we all get crossed up on what we're supposed to do. Give you an example. Because what happens is, and for those who didn't see, so Siri then. He apologizes and said it was an error, and Dusty was not happy, and clearly, and, and no manager would have been in that spot. And then he goes out, and he had a moment where, and look, I have felt this, in, diff- in not after the cursing, but in different spots over the years on Twitter, where there have been a couple of times where I, I've just wanted to fire back. I've never been that way on Twitter because I just, it, first of all, it's, it's worthless. It's not even, not going to take anywhere good. Right. So I like to kill people with kindness. Like when somebody like, you know, you would as long as it's not anti-Semitic or something crazy, which I'll just delete or mute or block. And and you got to get to that level for me to do that. Like I usually just, you know, somebody would be like, you know, you're the biggest, you know, saddest idiot ever. Yada, yada, yada. And I I might reply something like, hey, look, dude, I see you looking through my window. Do you want to come in for dinner? Like I just, you know, just to be an, an ass. Right. Like because it's not even worth getting mad. But I've had things where it's like, oh, man, I really want to you know, spout off or say something about this, whatever it is, right? Or somebody said about me or whatever it might be. And you got that moment where you got you to put your phone away. And it, he, he didn't do that. Jose didn't do that. And he's like effing bad decisions or whatever he put on there. And now, now it not only do you got to deal with that and then delete it, which you can't, you can't delete Twitter. Like, you could delete a tweet, right? And I, I have done that when I've spelled things wrong. I've done that when I've accidentally, and this happened to me, it does not happen often. I mean, I make mistakes. But I actually had about a month or two ago where I was walking the dog. I think I was, I, please, this is not, you know, welcome to, what is he talking about now? If you just turned on up, I think I was wiping my daughter's butt. <laughs> and I, I had missed a couple of at-bats in the ninth inning of a game. And I thought something was Edwin Diaz's fault, and it wasn't. And I made an Armando Benitez joke because that's just where my PTSD and, and all the therapy I've needed as a Met fan has gone. And I realized I was wrong. I didn't know. I really didn't. And then I deleted it because, yeah, I don't want to look like an idiot, but I was wrong. I mean, I, I don't want to put out something that's not accurate. I didn't, really didn't know. It, it was a reminder to me because it was innocuous, but it, I wasn't doing it on purpose. But it was a reminder in a spot of like you can't you just can't ever get that way. You always got to be careful. Right. 
So you can't delete the tweet. But, you know, for Jose, it's like what's behind that is what I worry about. Because you can't be saying to me in some disingenuous manner, like it's an error. And you know you made a mistake. My bad. And that's okay. And he's a kid. Like, that's okay. Like, I'm sorry. Like, people don't care hear about that. I care about that. Like, athletes, it's like when somebody like college basketball or like college baseball or something. Like, they're in college. Do you know how stupid we were when we were in college? Like, these people in college, I expect them to do everything right? No, I don't expect it. It's like when Bryce Harper was, you know, would say something, you know, even like before he was up in the big leagues. And it's like, or blow kisses or whatever. It's like, dude, I don't care if he blew a kiss. It's, he's 19. I mean, you know how many stupid things I did when I was 19? I did stupid things when I was 29, 39. But you know what I'm saying? But it shows off that you don't get it, and that's the problem. Because you need the young player in this spot to understand. It's not just about, like, we could do a whole show. This hill, I would, if I did top 10 hills to die on, <clears throat> on things that drive me absolutely bananas to a level I could not do a show without cursing. And I, I, I accidentally will pop, you know, a little off here or there here, but I got to be careful because now they're syndicating and, and, you know, they actually, you know, which is thank you for liking my content, but I, you know, I got to be careful, but I got to be totally real with you. It would be in the top five, not even top 10. It would be top five for me in life. And maybe I'll do a show on this one day, like this kind of top 10, because you want to you like hear the real me, like get mad? It would be top five, not even top 10. Because I'm like the guy who tells, like, if you know me long enough, every movie I've ever seen is in my top 20. How Top 20 what? Like, with, with, with times eight? Like, it doesn't, right? A Few Good Men's my favorite movie, by the way. That is fact. But, and then probably Goodfellas. Anyway, you don't want the list. Point being, top five for me in, like, Life Hills to Die On, nobody in this world. Not nobody. Over-exaggeration. Backtrack. Here we go. Live podcasting. Most people I've met in life have no idea what the words I'm sorry mean. Repeat that. Most people I have met in life have literally no idea what the words I'm sorry mean. None. Like, they don't understand it. Now, I know I don't understand a lot of things. And I get a lot of things wrong, and I got a lot of weaknesses and all that stuff. I'll read them to you right on, alongside, like, you know, we'll do like a, it'll be like the podcasting dating app. I like long walks on the beach, and here are all my weaknesses on the right. And like, or like in Jumanji, when they come up on the screen, right, which my kids and I love watching. Like, okay. And I got plenty. I promise. Right? But I understand what those words mean. Most people don't. I think you've got to be like an empathetic person who's been hurt too many times to understand them. Because <clears throat> when you hear them, like it's so, I could tell when it's genuine. And I literally, for people who know me in my life, would attest to this. I'll be more appreciative than anybody's ever been. And you'll see it like immediately on my face and hear it because I'm so aware of how few people understand what the words I'm sorry is supposed to mean. It is not, I'm sorry that you feel bad, which is nice. By the way, that's not terrible. Like, you do, that gets overblown. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you're sorry that I feel bad. But that's not why people say it. They say it to escape the guilt. 
Now, look, I, I understand guilt. I understand Jewish guilt. I understand all, any kinds of guilt, right? But the problem is nobody understands in this world accountability, and that's why they don't really understand what the words I'm sorry mean. Like, I wish we'd be in an episode of House and you could diagnose what's wrong with people that they don't understand what I'm sorry is supposed to mean, but they really don't. Like, and if you ever want to know how much people don't understand what I'm sorry means, go talk to anyone, like family, friends, relationship, who has needed to say this to you and make them expound past the first two words. They're dead. They're gone. It, it's, they will prove this to you within the next 10 words. Because I is going to be in it, like them, right? But is going to be everywhere. Like, I mean, like, you know, baby got back kind of like big old butt everywhere. But people don't understand that. They don't get it. So maybe I'll do like eventually, like some kind of top 10 on, on the life hills to die on. But this is the problem we get into with things like this. Because I can't get on Jose. I mean, he's a kid, right? And for him, he's just he's feeling a moment like he hit a big home run. Look, and I, I want to defend this. I get it's not like he's hit 400 home runs in his career, right? Like if you've been doing this every day and this is who you are, right? Like if this was like Willie Mays in his 18th season, Albert Pujols in year nine of the first 10 years of his career. And he got, I mean, and I understand those guys would never do it, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, okay, it's. Like you've been there, like Steph Curry hits a three, like how many of those he hit, right? But you won't see him do it every three. But if it's a big one, then you get this, or you know, you get Dame with the, we're rocking babies, or who knows what else, or we're checking the rings, right? I mean, that, I get that, right? Jose's a kid, but the problem we have is when these PR departments and 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 this is what happens in sports, right? You got to go and you got to get your machine out and you got to do the right thing. And the player sometimes is kind of in that, but not really understanding even what they're saying. And this is irony, and I'm not, I'm not, please understand, I'm really not getting on the Astros, I'm not. And I don't want to get into what they did years ago. But I'll bring up this part. I thought it was so unfair to the players, whoever in the organization's idea, and I said this on the air at the time, whoever in the organization's idea it was, at their caravan, after everything had come out, with the investigation that you could tell and everybody got on Alex Bregman and got on, I think it was Altuve and I can't remember who else was there at the time, but they were asking these players in the dugout questions about what had happened, an investigation. Nobody really understood exactly what had come out yet. And it was clear, like nobody had talked to them about what to say, what not to say. How do we feel? They hadn't talked to each other. You can't put kids in that spot. You can't put anybody in that spot. This is not what they do, first of all. And we're talking about people in their 20s who are just they're trying to concentrate on a game, which is really hard to play, all right? I'm sorry you don't want to hear me defend people who, like, you don't like or they were wrapped into this or whatever. Like, that's life, right? So I get it if you're Jose, but everybody around him has got to do a better job make sure it doesn't happen. Because then when the tweet goes out, now it's disingenuous, and it's like it, it brings me into, which I wanted to bring up, the other times we've seen this happen. And I love when guys kind of put their foot down and they're like, no. I mean, I hate to go back to, I love Tim Anderson. And I'll get him on the show one of these times. And speaking of the NBA, he's talking about the Lakers forever. But I, I, lo- like, I love people who are, and going back to, there are a lot of things, I'm far from perfect. But I really am not afraid to be me at all. Like, at all, Okay. Like, I'll sing to you right now. I will, like, I can't dance. I'll try that. I can't sing either. But it does, I don't care, really. Like, I don't, if I'm enjoying life, 
Like I'm trying to share that, right? If I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I am. Like it's just that's just not how I roll. Sorry, I don't care what anybody thinks, except for my kids. Okay, but when people like Tim Anderson are like, we're not going to take it anymore. Almost to go back to like Long Island, like D. Snyder. I love that. Like I go to there are two other situations. One I brought up earlier in. The first pod when we're doing the list, the Jace Tingler scenario where I got Fernando Tatis Jr. and he's swinging 3 0 and I'm getting mad. Like, are you crazy? Like, it would be like if it was, a, I don't care if you're five, you're playing Candyland. Like, I could win now, but I should go backwards. Like, no, I'll just wait. You take three more turns. Like, there's the lessons in that are just garbage. I'm sorry. All right? Garbage. But the Yermin Mercedes, who just recently has resurfaced, what is San Francisco now? This guy, you can't find him. Now, first of all, nobody knew who he was. Some of you might not even know I'm talking about yet. I'll expound. Nobody knew who he was. Then he had, like, the big two months. Then he had the big to-do. Then he had nothing to do. Thank you, Tony LaRussa, who is the king. I'm so, like, look, and I, I, I have always had really good conversations with Tony LaRussa, so I don't have anything personally against him at all. He's always been really nice to me, and he loves animals. The stuff he's done with his art foundation, that's no BS. Like, and I have talked about it with him several times on and off the air. Like Him and his family, the stuff they've done for animals, Like I can't say anything bad about the guy. But I wouldn't want him to be my manager, to be honest with you, if I was a player. And I don't even think I'd like it if I was a fan because it's just enough. We're not, this isn't 1935. Like, with everything. Like, everything. But let's go to Yermin Mercedes. And, and this is not just because, uh, like Harold Baines, he was part of, like, really? Like, we're just getting... Let me get my buddies in the Hall of Fame. Like, no. All right? You want to throw... And I hate to throw away votes. But you want to throw away a vote to your cousin's neighbor because he had a nice career and he's on the ballot? Okay. Like, I don't like that because there's a minimum of... A maximum of 10. That's why I've always hated that because... And these are... this The Hall of Fame will be in the hills to die on. That I'm telling you. But you want to throw away a vote? Okay, fine. Like, it's not my thing? Fine. You only had four guys you liked, so the fifth guy is like you want to put in. And I'm not putting – I happen to, to remember a couple of names that I – I'm not going to say out loud that I've, I've had people, like, try and, like, explain to me their vote and then trying to tell me it's not because they covered it or liked them. Like, they're giving me – no, no, you don't understand. Like, he was much more than his 270 average. Like, I don't, you know, come on. As before, it was just I'm not, I'm not talking about batting average versus OPS or OBP. I mean, like you know, like it wasn't his fault that he only you know had a, had a maximum of, of 30 runs scored in a season or whatever the hell. Okay, I had a writer, and I like Sean Green, and took off for Yum Kipper, so like I feel him. But I I had a writer like yelling at me like back and forth over like on a show for like 40 minutes about how their vote for Sean Green for the Hall of Fame was legitimate and he should be in there over others that could have been on that ballot. And I still haven't recovered from it, from the PTSD. But the Yermi Mercedes situation, where he is just, I mean, he's going off. This guy's getting his moment, he's having his chance, and every chance he's got, he's hitting homers. Guy was a stud for the White Sox. They're in a game, and I don't know, remember what. I, look, I, you know, I didn't even know I was going to do an extra podcast till like five minutes before I hopped on here. Welcome. That's how I am. 
And that's real. That's like people are like pretty. No, he's probably over exaggerating. And I'm a very big preparation guy. But a lot of it is like I'm constant. I walk. I carry pens with me all the time. I instead of post-it note, will email myself randomly. Like I have 19 emails about the next podcast that I've sent to myself while like walking to and from getting coffee. Where like ideas will pop in, right? And then I'll look up a story to try and relate something to it, and and you know see if if there's something I want to use or a quote that I like from somebody that I, I want to kind of cite and get into. And that's kind of how I am. But I didn't plan on doing an extra episode. I just dropped two of these. So I don't remember what the score was. But there's a, a position player on the mound. When a position player is on the mound, let me tell you something, okay? This is sports. When you're in a boxing ring or an octagon, go ask anyone who's ever been in those in combat sports. If I know, and I don't care if you're five playing Tyson's punch out, when you know Glass Joe how to get to him, or the guy you hit in the stomach and the pants fault, right? All that. If I know that you got a broken rib on the left side, what side do you think I'm hitting you on? If I know your eye, whether it was an accidental poke or not, you can't see out of it. You're in the corner blinking and you know your eye's all kind of crazy. You think I'm gonna hit you on the other side of the face to be nice to you? That's sports. If you put a position player on the mound, A, it might be the only chance I would ever have of getting a hit. And I say chance. I'm still not saying I would get one. I say chance, right? You put a position player on the mound, like, dude, I don't care what the hell the score is. It doesn't matter if, like, we clinched the division, like, two weeks ago and your team sucks. You put a position player on that mound, I'm out there to kill you, like in baseball form, right? I'm sorry. Like, that's embarrassing to me. Like, you think that guy's going to get me? What, am I going to let him strike me out? Should I bunt? Let's check swing. Let's try and hit the ball the other way. What, are you crazy? I don't care if the count's 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. As long as I haven't heard strike three, you're mine. Like, I'm swinging away. I'm trying to hurt you because I got to get numbers to get paid. This guy hadn't been in the league for, like, he had been pounded in the in the minor leagues, right? And I remember I, there's so many of these stories that I love over the years, like uh, Young Ever Salarte, when he came up with the Yankees after all those years. Like guys who like they're around the minor leagues forever. And also, they're like if you're getting a sniff, like you're living in like, I mean, they're in a dream world. They've been riding buses back and forth and dealing with hell and never got their shot, and now he's getting his shot and he's red hot at the plate. And this dude is trying to earn cash and change his life. I'm sorry. Baseball's a one-on-one -on -one game. I've talked about this a lot. More than any of these other sports, unless you're talking about, you're talking about playing tennis or golf, right? Or boxing. It is one-on-one -on -one often. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this dude trying to get paid, you're putting out somebody that can pummel. He's throwing 38 miles an hour. I'm out there to crush the ball. My manager's saying crap to me afterwards. Like, I did something wrong. You know what, dude, that's the only guy you could still probably walk your old butt out there and hit right now. Would you not want to hit Homer? I mean, come on, man. And this guy's whole career. Where is he? He wanted to, like, witness protection because Tony La Russa basically sent him there. And I, I'm not trying to say this, but I'm saying this. Ruined him. Like, ruined his life. Ruined his career. Ruined his life. Sent him away, basically. Put him down. I love Lance Lynn. I've always loved Lance Lynn, who I've had on the show when I was doing one a million times. And it is not any, like, coincidence that he is uh, what I'll call, like, uh, the Adam Wainwright disciple and has become, like, just such a good dude. 
and and Wayne was like the best. I love Lance Lynn. Anyway, but go back to his. I don't remember the exact quote. I should have see if I would have prepared, I would have had the quote ready. But the quote he said, where he basically was saying, "Nah, I'm not with Tony on this one." And then Tony Larusa went back into a press conference and said, "That's why I have an office, and he's sitting on a stool." I would have taken that stool like I was in some WWE match and smashed it over Tony's head if it was me. That's why I can't really survive in society. Better with headphones on that look like I'm going to beat me up somewhere. But you can't put this guy out of commission because he swung 3-0 and against a position player, and Tim Anderson wasn't taking that crap either. I wouldn't. They probably hate Tony La Russa. They're not going to say it. There's a difference between, like, you know, Coach K toughening me up or Bill Parcells toughening me up or whatever and show me how to be this or show me how to be that. And, and I know a lot of people who love Bobby Knight despite all the stuff that happened, right? Like, that's different. Tough love. We get that. Like, I get that. Like, you can't handle me. How are you going to handle that out there? I get that. This isn't that. This is dumb. But when that kind of crap, when that when that happens, then players, no one knows what they're supposed to do or when to do it. Like, we got all these rookie development programs and meetings that we got before the year and all this stuff. Can You know, we're still talking about, like, how muddy the ball is. Can we figure out how to get everyone on the same page? Because uh, this is not that hard to me. Like, even I feel like I got to hold on this. Okay, so if it's 4-4 in the eighth inning, I can pretty much do a lot and get away with it, right? Not if I'm a rookie, probably, but if I got any street cred, okay. Like, you can't get away with stuff the first day of high school. You can in the second year. That's life. Sorry. Like, I get that. I do. I'm going to get calls from an ump or, you know, you're not going to get foul calls in the NBA. I get all that, right? I get that. You're not giving a pass interference to Dion or Champ Bailey or somebody like the Daryl Green, right? You're going to give it to the guy who's the rookie, though, who's trying to defend Jerry Rice. I get that. Like, sorry. It's like the people who, like, yell, like, in Colorado. And I love Colorado. I do. I really do. But it's like, I, I can't tell you how many people in love of the years that I know, even friends in Colorado, like, dude, why are we in, like, in the playoffs? Why are we playing at 3 in the afternoon? Like, why aren't we getting prime time? If you're in Colorado and you don't know why the Yankees or Dodgers are on prime time, you may hate it, but if you don't know why, I can't help you. The Jose Siri situation is a... It's a, the situation is a victim of how much we don't understand time and score and place. And that is why it was as bad as it was. But you got to hold things in sometimes, right? There's that whole thing about, like, and I'm trying to think of, like, the best example to give that's as far away from sports. And I don't know the answer to this because everybody's got their own opinion, right? I really don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, I was married. Like, if you're, and this didn't, this did not happen. Like, they could cook and all of that. So, please, before people get crazy. But, like, I'm trying to think, like, if your mother-in-law or, like, you're dating somebody and their, their mother or their parents, father, whoever, like, cooks you dinner and it's terrible, right? If it sucks. Are, you're not going to tell them it sucks, are you? Now, you may not go, I hope. God, I hope. You may not go overboard and go, like, you know, Bob Wiley. Like, what about Bob? Bill Murray go, mm, is this hand chuck corn? Like, you're not going to do that. But... You're not gonna you're not gonna go overboard. You're not gonna say the other way, man, this is the the garbage meal of the century. You got any like you know, you got any ramen noodles or can I get like, you know, perhaps like you know, got a lunchables I can eat? Like, no, you're not gonna do that. Is that lying? I don't know if that's lying. Like they're gonna say, How is it? 
And then it's like, to me, it's like it's always in like a nut spot. I'm not going to tell you. Like, if somebody who shouldn't be wearing a half shirt is wearing a half shirt and then walks up to you and says, how do I look? What do you say? I don't know the answers. Look fine to me. Like, I don't know. Sorry. I mean, these should be another show. Top 10 things. I got to do a thousand things. People never talk about it. Everyone's like been in a situation like, and they just don't even understand. Like, you know, how do you tell the guy on the train? Like when he gets out of the bathroom, it's a train. Could you really not go before you came here? Like, I know you got to pee. You drank a beer at the station. Do you like, what did you eat? And when did you decide? I tell my five-year-old all the time, like, if we're going out, like, hey, no, no, you should go now. Because like, we go there, and you know you're going to take them. Like, yeah, they don't understand that. I mean, I'm, it's not manipulative. Is that manipulative? Like, you know, it's like, I don't, it's the process of learning, like, the responsibility of even your own body. Like, in the restroom, and, like, we got to drive somewhere or whatever. The guy on the train, it's a, the Long Island Railroad. Dude, you can wait till you get home. You know, I'm on track 16. I got to go to Rockville Center, and yada, yada, and then all the way to Bronconcom or Babylon. You could wait to Babylon. Dude, seriously. I couldn't wait till Monday. Another podcast coming with the list. Top 10 uh, sports hills to die on. This was episode five. It was episode five. See, I learned to count by the time we're done. It's 41 minutes spending time with you people. And then after when I get done, I realize I talk to the dog and myself. What did I do here? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.